Hello Sarah, thanks for being here. Um, can you start off telling us a bit about your relationship with music and your background as a singer? Wow, okay, so I am uh, I'm a singer and I've uh, been working here at ENO um, since 2004. I was a young artist and then I became a company principal and I've been back most seasons to do at least one show since then. So. Um, yeah, I've been very lucky and I love the company and um, I actually started uh, when I was started having singing lessons when I was 14 and then when I was 17 I came to ENO, they had the part of the Bailey's program and um, I came and did one night a week and started getting into opera and then came on and did they had a course then called the Knack that I, I did with Mary King and some really ins inspirational people and I was able to come in through that and watch lots of dress rehearsals and uh, I think in two years I think I saw all of the dress rehearsals for everything and uh, I was just completely hooked and how you know the, the power of opera and the way that uh, that you tell the story and the way that it's so um, dramatic at the same time as being so immediate and uh, so relevant, that was um, what sort of grabbed me in the first place. Um, and I've been very fortunate to be able to sort of forge a career doing singing opera, singing concerts, and uh, you know, mixing that with some teaching and stuff. And just, um, yeah, that's my, that's my relationship with music. <laughs> So before opera, did you sing in choirs, in concert, or was opera always your main focus? Well, I did, no, I never did any sort of choirs or anything like that. I came to it quite late. And um, I started, as I say, I started having lessons when I was 14. And uh, my singing teacher, his wife was in an amateur dramatic society, Gilbert and Sullivan Society. And she started taking me along with her, so I joined this amateur dramatic society when I was, I think I was 15, and uh, I was in the chorus, and I can just, I can remember just thinking, oh my god, they're so good, and my mum tells the story about how on my first, my first evening when I came home, she said, they came up, and I went, oh mum, they're so good, I'm never going to be as good as them, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was, that, so I kind of came at it like that, I never did a sort of formal training or anything, you know, in, not in the first place, and then um, I was fortunate after I uh, got a bit older, then I went to music school and did a four-year degree and then a three-year postgraduate, uh, so seven years at university studying, and then and then I was very, very lucky to, to be working after that, so yeah, and haven't stopped since. Yeah, and what do you think makes opera still relevant now as a performer? Oh, I mean, it's, I, I get, I, an easier question is what doesn't make opera relevant you know I mean if you think about life and you think about the things that are going on you open a newspaper or you listen to listen to someone telling a story or you listen to uh, yeah, even if you read something on Facebook often the things that people are telling you about their lives are way larger than things that are going on on the stage and I can remember thinking you know watching things like EastEnders or you know any, any of these kind of soap operas that are on or, and the stories are massive and they're so kind of the emotion and the intensity that they have in them um, 
is what I feel that, that we do in opera is the way that we can tell that sort of that story through music and take people on a journey and transport them into a place you know, for a few hours and they the audience I think respond really well to just going with you, going on a journey, experiencing something new and just sort of ex escaping life for a bit. And it's just, you know, whether it's a happy or a funny story or if it's a dramatic story, a tragedy or whatever, I think um, the way that that we sing and the way that we produce the sound and, the, and that sort of immediacy of receiving a, a physical sound without any amplification or... I think, you know, I think you, you get that, I think as an audience member, you get a real physical sort of reaction to what's going on and it's, it's just amazing. It's thrilling. Absolutely, yeah. So how do you prepare a new role vocally? How do you start from day one to the first day of rehearsals? It's a long journey, it's a really, really long journey. But the most amazing journey. So I guess the important thing to know is that when you start rehearsals, which will be about six weeks before you open, you have to turn up on that first day knowing everything. So you have to be able to sing the whole thing without any music. So I guess the way that I approach it is I make sure that before I hit the rehearsal room, I can technically sing everything that the role demands of me. So that when we start rehearsals, I don't have to think about that anymore. So as soon as I step into the rehearsal room, I'm not really thinking about the singing anymore. I'm thinking about the piece, the drama, the action, the set, the, you know, the costumes or any of the other million things that we have to think about at any one time. Um, but I guess that's so it's a kind of two step process. The first step is, is for me is to understand the, the vocal demands of the role and have that completely secure and then meet the team, start rehearsals and then um, bring it to life. And what about rehearsing in English and singing in English? Is there a special factor that you find singing in English? Well, the benefit of singing in English is certainly the immediacy that you get, the, the immediacy of response that you get. Um, people laugh in the right places or they gasp in the right places or and I think there's a place for both. There's a place for having opera sung in its original language and there's a place for having opera sung in the language of the people who are listening. Um, and, yeah, I think the main benefit is just that you get that immediacy of reaction. You, you don't have that uh, uh, wait for people to get the gag on the surtitles or whatever. You know, you, you, people, I think, listen and respond really well to... Um, to what you're saying. And when you're building your character, how do you get inside the person who you're portraying on stage? Can you always relate to them? Are they sometimes very different to your own personality? Yeah, I mean, I s there's always something about a character that I can either empathise with or that I can see part of myself. I often feel like I am sort of revealing part of myself when I go on stage, which can make us feel incredibly vulnerable. <clears throat> but even if when you're doing a character that, like let's say Lucia that's coming up, she is nothing like me. It, I don't, 
I don't have a life that's anything like hers. And yet, there are so many things about her that I can relate to. Um, yeah, so it's sort of trying to find something in the character that, that I, I, I recognise or that I empathise with or that just resonates with me. Um, and then the next stage then is being prepared to uh, reveal that part of yourself when you go on stage. Is that a terrifying? Is that always terrifying as a singer to yes. debut a new role? <laughs> yeah, it's, it is terrifying, but also it's kind of it's it's amazingly exciting as well, um, and it's empowering actually to be able to um, be open yourself up and be completely honest and just some, the hardest thing actually is to stand on stage and sing something very still, very sincere. Um, and uh, I mean, the most terrifying thing I've done, I think, is when I did in, in uh, Xerxes, one of the arias, and uh, the audience lights come up halfway through, and suddenly you can see the entire audience and all their faces. <laughs> and uh, that, was, that was utterly terrifying. But to be able to stand there and just be completely open and honest, um, yeah, it's quite, it is quite empowering and terrifying all at the same time. <laughs> worth doing then. <laughs> yeah, really worth doing. And actually, you know, it's, it's... Although you are always opening yourself up to judgment, that's, that's the risk that you take. And life without risk is no life, as far as I'm concerned, you know. Um, yeah, and I think that the audiences respond to... That honesty and that openness that you can that, that we bring, um, um, and I think the more that we invest in what we're doing, the more somehow it feels that the audience responds to that and, and invests too, and you really feel you can feel that connection with them. It's it's very exciting. So you're playing Lucia in Lucia de Lamour, and this autumn, how are you enjoying Donizetti's musical style? Is it something different for you? I mean, Lucia is one of the, as far as I'm concerned, one of the most amazing pieces of music. And um, as a soprano, it is sort of, um, it's like the Holy Grail in many ways. You know, it's one of those roles. Someone said to me the other day, is Lucia one of your dream roles? I was like, you know, I never even dreamt that I would be able to do that. It's, you know, it's sort of one of those pieces. It's just astonishing. And... The vocal demands um, are really quite extreme, but also the dramatic um, demands. She's so vulnerable and she's so broken at the end. Um, and to be able to do that and show that kind of emotional intensity whilst singing the most extraordinary music, um, I, yeah, I, can't, I absolutely can't wait. I can't believe I'm so fortunate to be able to do it. And in this production, first directed by David Alden, Lucia's emphasised is quite childlike. Is that something you see in her character? A vulnerability and an innocence that's to do with being quite young? Yeah, I think it certainly helps audience or modern audiences understand her position. Um, because she is... When, when the opera starts, her mother's just died. She doesn't have anyone on her side. Her brother is the one with the power but he is in a position where he's lost all his power he's lost all his money he's lost he needs to make 
a family marriage because he needs that that position he needs her to boost their family place um, but she is she's emotionally just already very very close to being broken at the beginning she's she's young her brother manipulates her she falls in love and I think she in a way that we do fall in love when we are young and emotionally raw she falls wholeheartedly and, and she's it's the most important thing ever and uh, I think the way that we fall in love when we are 14 15 16 is different to the way that we fall in love when we are 30 or 40 um, so I think that that really works for me for her being that kind of age that real emotional kind of angst and and uh, yeah it's, it's um i think it's a very clever production and i think david is a very 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 clever and brilliant director um so um yeah i trust him implicitly and in the context when it was written the 19th century and resonances now with the Me Too movement. Do you think that Lucia's role as a woman, as possibly the only woman around in her family, uh, compared to the men who hold the power, do you think that gender uh, disparity is important to her role? Um, I guess in terms... I don't really see it as about gender. I see it more as about power. So Lucia is the person who has no power and everybody around her seems to be the people with the power and she's like a pawn that is needed to be part of what's happening and then no one really considers her and her feelings and what she wants and what's best for her um, but I don't feel it's about men manipulating women I think it's about power I think it's about a strong person manipulating a weak person um, and the power of family, maybe. Do you think that? Do you think Lucia, as a character, innately feels a family duty, even though she she wants to love someone outside? Yes, of course. And I think you know that's uh, perhaps nowadays the sense of family duty has somehow got you know it, it seems irrelevant. But I think the idea of um, being part of something be it a gang or a, a club or something that, that you identify with, something that you feel part of and something that you have a sense of responsibility for or to, um, I think that hasn't gone. I think that's still very much relevant today. So I think the sense of her having to do something for the sake of someone is I think that's still relevant, even if the sort of grand family gestures and yeah, positions aren't quite so relevant today.